0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on
1: podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you,
2: Hello and welcome to the Following On podcast. I'm Andrew McKenna, we saw a one-sided match today as Sri Lanka managed only to build up a small run total before South Africa stopped them in their tracks, resulting in Sri Lanka being all out for 203. South Africa seemed to find it easy as they strolled to victory, winning by an impressive nine wickets. We'll of course look ahead to England facing India on Sunday at Edgbaston. Lots of suspense ahead of that. We'll also hear from
3: Joss Butler, who assures us that even after the defeats, spirits are still high. Food in the camp is still very good. Um, I think naturally there's some external pressures and it um, would know, be naive to say, oh, we've you know, got our blinkers on and, and uh, are not aware of, of things that are going on outside or, or the pressure of the tournament. Um, so I think we just have to accept those things. So that's what's going to happen during tournament cricket. Um, we know we're in the, um, the situation we're in. Um, nothing's changed. We're still a very good side and, and when we play our best cricket, that um, you know, it gives us the best chance of winning. You are listening to
2: Following On... Well, welcome to following on with myself, Andrew McKenna. Alongside me, the former England spinner, Gareth Batty. Let's start, though, by looking back on today's game and a very one-sided one. Winning captain, Faf Duplassi, spoke with Sky Sports after the match.
0: Long time coming, eh? Um, but, yeah, it was a good game, you know. We did ourselves justice and the talent that we have in that dressing room. Um, set up today by a really good bowling performance. I thought Dwayne was exceptional. We've been trying to get him into the team so badly, but from a combination point of view, it was really tough. Um, so, today he came at the expense of Lungi, uh, and he did a really, really good job. 67
2: on the board really quickly at the start. Tell me about the start and what you said to the guys, because there was a, a shift, a total shift of the way they bowled and how the game went after that break that you had.
0: Yeah, I thought we didn't start well uh, once again. The nature of the wicket told me that it needed to be straight lines, that you needed to bowl, and that's why we changed. I brought Dwayne on possibly a little bit earlier than I anticipated to, all sand dealer. It just looked like the kind of wicket, if you have a consistent um, top of the stumps line and length, it'll be harder to face than necessarily pace on that wicket, and that showed to be true.
2: How did those runs feel? I know it's a victory, and, and many will be talking about pressure, no pressure we've spoken before in games where there was the opportunity. now you're out of the tournament, and many will say hollow victories and so forth. Express it in kind of taking all into consideration
0: Yeah, it's, it feels bittersweet. Um, as you're saying it doesn't feel like it means that much uh, because you almost feel like it's just a little bit too late, a little bit too late. Um, but I think the basics of batting was, was shown today, you know, we've, we've batted really well through the tournament, but we've never had guys to bat through and score big big, big runs or big partnerships. Um, and that was the case today, you know, Hashim gave us a good foundation with myself, and I get one, one big partnership and then everything looks so much easier when you bat, it feels so much easier, all of a sudden you've got the ability to put almost every over you can put the ball under pressure, but you have to earn that right to do that, and we haven't done that consistently through the tournament.
2: I know nobody likes to speak about ifs and buts and so forth. If it wasn't three games very quickly and very early, if it was different opposition, do you think this
0: would have been different? I think that, that Bangladesh probably was the one that, that, that really took the wind out of our sails. I mean, England is first game playing against England. Uh, they're a very, very good team and they were too good for us on that day. And then Bangladesh played an unbelievable game but that really um, sucker punched us in the stomach. And then because we had a, a game straight after that, uh, we almost took the hangar of that game into, the next, into that next game and that first week really really put us back but I mean that's, we can't hide from that, that was the, we knew that was going to be the case vice versa. If you started well, they would have been on top of the world and we didn't do that. Well,
2: Gareth, what a performance from South Africa today. If you'd not seen anything from this tournament and you'd just been told that one of these sides was fighting for their lives to uh, stay in and and get the points they needed to finish in the top four and one of them was already thinking about which flight they're getting back home, you would have thought it was South Africa pushing for the top four. It finally clicked for them today.
4: Yeah, it was a performance that Before the tournament started, you you would have expected more of this than than what we've seen from South Africa. Uh, Their big men up front with the ball were fantastic. Uh, Rabada, Morris and Pretorius blew Sri Lanka away and really sort of bossed them. Uh, made it very difficult. Uh, they were backed up in the field, and obviously to here in the middle didn 't take any wickets, but was very economical made it very, very difficult. They just looked like a a very good unit and when you th- when you throw those four names into the hat in a one day game, you expect them to be uh, a side that is going to restrict runs um, and obviously the chase um, was a was that sort of a foregone conclusion that we were talking about with England the other day when they played Sri Lanka and it didn't quite go that way. Um, South Africa made it, that foregone conclusion today, by playing so well and putting uh, Sri Lanka under huge pressure and, and the old man um, Amla playing and showing his class with the captain coming through, uh, 96 not out. So I think all in all, relief from South Africa, but uh, more sort of uh, frustration, I think, for, uh, for Sri Lanka.
2: It was all really, well, it was all sort of put in place, wasn't it, from the first ball of the innings. Karuna Ratner getting himself in a right old tangle against Rabada, and he still probably doesn't even know now what actually happened there. That kind of set the tone.
4: <laughs> yeah, we've seen it a couple of times in the competition, haven't we, that a batting lineup has lost a wicket first ball of the game, or in those first few balls. Um, and with it being a World Cup, let's not forget it's the biggest uh, event for a lot of players in their careers, and it's certainly is for the here and now it puts a huge amount of pressure on the team it's a great lift for the for the team that uh, has taken the wicket but uh, it's very difficult to rebuild uh, on the other side uh, as a team that's maybe just got a few lingering doubts about how they amass their their scores and how they go about it um you know coaches and people talk about the opening partnership with bat and ball being so very important and uh, south africa struck early and, and struck very well with that opening partnership
2: it was interesting, actually, looking looking at uh, social media while the game was going on, because they took that early wicket, but then actually got a little bit wasteful of those two new balls. Kusil Pereira and uh, Avishka Fernando looks as if they were playing relatively untrolled. And uh, I saw a South African journalist um, on social media at one point said, the pitch map for South Africa at the moment is like a drunk man with a machine gun. There's stuff going all <laughs> over the place. But then when they found their line and length, They were virtually impossible to get away. I mean, two for 36 for Rivada, three for 46 for Morris and Pretorius three for 25. I mean, that was miserly. And it wasn't as if Sri Lanka weren't trying to play. They just couldn't find a way to, 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 well, one, they didn't get a bad ball and they couldn't get the good balls away for runs.
4: Yeah, I think it's a real difficult one for for teams coming to England um, to find the length. Uh, and the length is generally to hit underneath the bales on the stumps. If you're that bit too short, the nip and the the movement we see in England uh, is is eradicated, and if you're that bit too full, you get smacked. And a guy like Pereira puts you under a huge amount of pressure. So actually, it just all clicked that they ended up hitting that perfect length for each bowler. They're all different heights, they're all different speeds, and uh, maybe it's just showing that um, cricketers around the world need to spend a fraction more time in the countries that they're going to perform in to, understand how their skills match up in different conditions. Well, England
2: wanted a favour from South Africa out of this one and boy did they get it. Obviously, South Africa take the two points but of course winning with 76 balls to spare also affects Sri Lanka's net run rate which was, in fairness, significantly worse than England's to start with but it will have got worse as a result of that. Now, Sri Lanka are still on six points. They've played seven. They've therefore got two games left. They could theoretically get past England but are we now putting a line through Sri Lanka here, Gareth?
4: I, I, I don't think so, I, I don't think you can put a line through anybody and um, they've, they've pulled up some performances when they've really needed them in this World Cup so I look, let's not take anything for granted and, and no team should um, they weren't at the races today and they, they had a bad day at the office but uh, that's the beauty of sport, of cricket, of this one day uh, this World Cup uh, that we're seeing at the minute anybody can have that day out if they believe and they, they go with that confidence and are prepared to take on the opposition a lot of it is about being brave. Um, Sri Lanka maybe weren't as brave as they could have been today um, and South Africa maybe just got their nose in front and that, which allowed them to be a little bit braver which we've seen them in the competition maybe not being as brave as, as we expected them to be.
2: Well, as I say, England were looking for a favour. They got one today, and now, of course, they've got a massive game coming up. But they're not exactly going into this in the smoothest of waters. Um, Johnny Bairstow and Michael Vaughan have been involved in a social media discussion. Johnny Bairstow, responding to some of the comments uh, in an article in The Times today, um, said everyone's talking like we're eighth or ninth in the table. They are not willing us on to win. In many ways, they're waiting for you to lose so they can jump down your throat. Now, Michael Vaughan responded to that. He's, of course, been quite outspoken in his own way in, uh, as well. Michael Vaughan saying, with this negative, pathetic mindset, I'm concerned it's not the media's fault. You've lost three games. Um, now, <laughs> this is a feeling within sport that it, it, that some parts of the media uh, prefer it when the England team loses because it's easier to, to write columns. It's easier to have discussions. Which side are you on here, Gareth? Um, you've obviously still got your playing hat on and we'll understand how Johnny Bearstow feels, but Michael Vaughan's got a point here. You know, England have lost a couple of games they should never have lost and it's they who've put themselves in trouble, isn't it?
4: I think, and this isn't me sitting on the fence, I really do believe that both parties have a right to speak as they have done. Um, the, the the fraction disappointing thing is that it gets blown up that that there's negativity around this England team. I don't believe there should be. Uh, we're number one in the world. Yes, we've had a couple of blips, um, but human beings will will always have an amount of failure. Uh, nobody has ever achieved success without a little bit of failure. It's how you come back from it. So the the, the biggest thing for me should be let's just hold our thoughts, hold, hold the press almost to allowing them to play these next two games, certainly the next game, if England get over the line, everything will be, will be rosy again. We'll be saying what a wonderful team they are, particularly if they go out and play in a very dominant way, which the Indian team, you've got to do. It's like uh, playing against the Australians of the late 90s, early 2000s. If you went in timid, they were absolutely going to steamroll you. India are that sort of team. You've got to front them up. So England are forced into that corner. Now they've got some wonderful players, world-class players, feared by most other teams. And I think for this occasion, it will feel a little bit like an away game for them because there'll be huge India support uh, there for the game. And it's actually sometimes good that there's a bit of needle gone on. Personally, I, I, I think it's too... There's a current pro and an ex-pro who 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 want to be the man who want to have their say. That's all that's happening here. It's just uh, it's it happens in change rooms around the country, around the world, in different sports. It's it's nothing more than that. I have to say when this.
2: Uh, first all happened and I became aware of it. My first thought went back to Colombo uh, before Christmas when we were there. Third test match and Johnny Besto got that fabulous hundred. And then he came out and did his interview at the end of the day with with Mark Nicholas and the boys. And straight away, al- almost out of nowhere, he started. Well, you know, that showed the people who doubted me. Um, I can still play this. And we're all taking him going, whoa, hang on a minute, where's this come from? Johnny Bearstow is a very fiery character and, and sometimes he uses that to drive himself on, to motivate himself. And um, without giving too much away, um, Matt Pryor did at the end after that interview, just went up to him and went, Mate, calm down. You know, if you're going to the press conference and saying all of that kind of stuff, you're gonna get yourself into a lot of problems here. Johnny Basto is a guy who drives himself emotionally. I'm, I'll be honest, my first thought was, I wonder if Johnny in the heat of the moment has said this and then later on gone, oh, I really shouldn't have done that because th- that's just going to give me a problem.
4: The one thing it does um, by retaliating as a player, it backs you into a corner. You've got to perform then. Unfortunately for Michael, his Playing days have finished, so he can't actually go onto a field and do anything about it. He could just write about what somebody else is doing or speak about what somebody else is doing. The one thing in Johnny in Johnny favour, he can go out there and go get a hundred against India and say, "I told you so." What are you talking about? Unfortunately, the guys who are sat the other side of the of the whitewash don't have that ability anymore. So. I think you're right. I think it's one way of him driving his passion. It's the one way of driving his emotion. And as long as on the day he channels that correctly, it's actually a real positive for Johnny Birstow, I believe, in some ways. Because he built himself up and built himself up. And we all saw the fantastic innings in in Colombo. It was a great knock. He played beautifully. And from ball one, he was right on it. He was bristling. And I think some players need that. Nasser was saying back in the day, the first day of a test match, he was picking a fight with anybody. He'd be shouting at umpires, he'd be shouting at players, he just needed to get in a battle. Johnny Bestow's one of those guys, he plays with passion, I love it. I don't have a problem with passion as long as it's channelled in the correct way.
2: Will it have any effect on the England team as a whole going into... uh, I mean, it it might work for Johnny, but it might be that some of the other team are uh, sitting there today at practice or in their hotel rooms ahead of the game thinking... Oh, Johnny, what have you done there? You've, you've just given us a real big problem.
4: Yeah, I, I, look, there are some guys, uh, and it's pretty evident who the guys are within that England team, that don't want to be particularly confrontational. Uh, they, it's, not the, it's not in their makeup. it's not the way they play, they're quite calm, they're quite relaxed, and it shows in the way they go about their business. But the one thing we have seen with this England team from start to finish, and I'm saying it's a four-year project and we're nearer the end of the four years, they actually understand each other. They understand how each other plays. They understand each other as individuals. That's why we've seen certain things happening leading up to this World Cup where certain players have lost that respect and that 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 changing room and they find themselves not there. I believe that these guys know each other And a lot of the team will be going, that's not what I would do. But go on, Johnny, we back you. And I think that's the biggest thing. And I think that's the biggest point. They've got to back each other. So even if it puts them into a bit of a situation they're not that comfortable with, it's right for him. And I think that is what makes England number one team in the world.
2: Well, one man seems to have a positive outlook on Sunday. That is England's Joss Butler. He was put in
3: in front of the media today. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. Embrace the favourites tags. It it didn't really, you know, that's for more your your guys and and people sort of on the outside seeing that. We know that we're going to be, whether we're favourites or underdogs, they're going to be very hard matches um, especially against teams like India a, a great side um, who we know are, are brilliant so favourites and underdogs I don't think means too much I think for us we, need, we know we need to play better and uh, we know we're capable of playing better uh, and we look forward to the challenge of, of facing a really strong Indian team we're in a very privileged position to, to be able to take part in a, in a game like Sunday um, it's a massive occasion um, you, know, you talk about pressures and external pressure you know, pressures are privileged sometimes we're in a very privileged position to, to be in this situation um, and the these are the games that you know you look back on in your career or at the start of your career, you do hope you're involved in these games um, and it's going to be a great occasion. Um, we know the, f- the support the Indian side will get there, um, wherever they go in the world they get great support uh, and we hope we'll get some great support as well and, and it's going to be a great game. Talk about goodwill and people wanting you to do well. I think it's been great from the from the country and, and uh, everyone wanting, it seems from my opinion, you know, everyone has been really behind the team and, and wanting us to do well. And, and Naturally, I think you know being such a good side. Uh, when we don't perform to that um, level, it can it's frustration, and, and people, um, you know, in the media or whatever. You know, given the, their opinion and, and, can, and frustrated that we're not playing as well as we are frustrated um, as individuals and, and as a team as well. So, um, But I think there's been lots of goodwill of you know, walking down the street, people wishing you well and guys hanging out their van saying good luck for, for Sunday. So that's uh, good signs for me.
2: Well, of course, we will keep you uh, right up to date throughout Sunday with the uh, events in that India against uh, England game. couple of games coming up on Saturday for you. Uh, Pakistan against Afghanistan is the uh, day game. Now, of course, Pakistan starting uh, with seven points. So, again, another of those teams that could still potentially overhaul England. Afghanistan haven't won a game so far, so you would imagine that uh, Pakistan would be victorious in that. The other game is, of course, the uh, the day-night game, the later game uh, with New Zealand against Australia. How do you see that one going, Bats?
4: New Zealand-Australia, it's a, it's a great encounter. There's obviously the old rivalry that comes with it. And actually... I sort of loosely looked at New Zealand pre-tournament. They're going under the radar. I think they played some magic cricket. They have all their bases covered to be a really consistent and solid team in whatever surface is thrown at them. You look at Australia and you look at them the other day they blew england away they were phenomenal finch up the top with the bat and they've got a couple of other guys who could do a similar thing but they have that bowling prowess where they can take wickets from nowhere so i would say that new zealand are the consistent steady sort of team that will that will consistently achieve i think australia are just that team you want to, you want to get them on a bad day not a good day because when they're good they can take anybody down when they're bad most teams will beat them got
2: to say that should be a great matter for the fast bowlers as well um, <laughs> Lockie Ferguson looks like he's, he's a real star in the making for New Zealand and, well, we don't need to say anything about the Australians because I'm afraid we uh, saw it all too close from an England point of uh, view the other day. Thanks very much, Bats. Uh, that is it from this episode of Following On. Make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode and make sure you join us tomorrow uh, following the double header: uh, New Zealand, Australia and Pakistan and Afghanistan. We'll speak to you then.